Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to Sabbath School Podcast. My name is Hannah and I'm a Bible worker from Newcastle Uni Adventist Church. Today we are going to cover Lesson 9, Jacob the Splinter. Before we begin, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you Lord for being with us today.、Uh, we praise your name for your faithfulness, your amazing、uh, blessing and grace, Lord. Father, as we read your word, please、um, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you will pour your spirit and lead us, guide us, and I pray that you will speak to each one of our hearts. Pray all these things in Jesus' precious and loving name. Amen. So let's begin Genesis chapter 25. So we will be talking about the story of Jacob and Esau. And the first question we want to ask is what happened to Rebekah, the mother of Jacob and Esau? We will read from Genesis chapter 5, 25, verse 21 to 23. The Bible says, Now Isaac, Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his plea, and Rebekah his wife conceived. But the children struggled together within her, and said, she said, If all is, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, two peoples shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. Well, we can already see something is not quite right or like very, not very peaceful here.、Uh, we see that finally Rebecca bore his,、uh, her children, but these children, it says, struggle together within her. I can imagine that fighting in her womb. And I want to compare these、um, two personalities, Jacob and Esau. Let's continue reading after 24 to 27. The Bible says, So when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red, he was like a hairy garment all over. So they called his name Esau. By the way, the name Esau means hairy. It is very interesting.、Uh, verse 26 it says, Afterward, his brother came out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob, meaning deceiver. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. So the boy, boys grew, and Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field. But the Jacob was a mild man dwelling in tents. Okay, Esau was a skillful hunter. So he was a very active, very wild guy, I would say. Whereas Jacob was a mild man. Mild? What does mild mild is, you know? The person sitting in a tent and more like more calm, introvert, maybe meditating. Well, the Sabbath school book it says that the Hebrew word tam translated mild is the same verb applied to Job and Noah. So, Job was described blameless, Job 1 8, and also perfect for Noah in Genesis 6 verse 9. So, yeah, Jacob was. Mild, it means like blameless or perfect here. Okay, so now we move to the next question How did Esau sell his birthright? We want to read the story in Genesis chapter 25 and verse 29 to 34. The Bible says, Now Jacob cooked a stew. 
And Esau came in from the field, and he was weary. He was very tired. Verse thirty. And Esau said to Jacob, "Please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary." Therefore, his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, "Sell me your birthright as of this day." And Esau said, "Look, I am about to die. So what is this birthright to me?" Then Jacob said, "Swear to me as of this day." So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank, arose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Well, there is a lot of lesson here. What did Jacob exchanged with? His birthright. The answer is lentil. I don't know know about you. Yes, I love eating. I love food. I love sushi. <laughs> I love yeah eating. But I'm like, wow, Esau, what did you just do? You sell, you sold your birthright with lentil. Well, I want to read a comment from commentary from Patriarchs and Prophet, page one hundred seventy-seven. It says the promise made to Abraham and confirmed to his son were held by Isaac and Rebekah as the great object of this their desire and hopes. With these promises, Esau and Jacob were familiar. So obviously, they knew about this promise, and they were taught to regard the birthright as a matter of great importance, for it included not only—this is important—included not only an inheritance of worldly wealth, but spiritual preeminence. He, he who received it was to be the priest of his family, and in the line of his. Posterity, the redeemer of the world would come. Wow! So it meant so much that Esau had this birthright because it was not just you know having wealth in this world, but it was spiritual、uh, preeminence. Whoever have this will be the priest of his family, and this is the point. It will be in the line of his in this line. The redeemer of the world would come. Basically, Jesus would come through this line. Wow! What he exchanged with this was just food, lentil. It's just like a temporary happiness, temporary satisfaction. And I almost feel like, what Esau do? Is it just a bit foolish? But then thinking about myself, and we think of the spiritual lesson from here. We are so. Tempted, and we often seek, and we often choose the temporary pleasure, or short-term happiness, or things that just in front of us to satisfy us, and trading or exchange with a great, greatest, or yeah, great blessing that is coming. Um, I can't say to Esau like you are stupid because I myself do that often, and. The mistake that I make, or sins that I struggle in my life, it's something that thinking of you know when I think of the great blessing or spiritual blessing that is coming in the future, I often make the same mistake with Esau. So that's something that you can think of as well. All right, let's move to the next question. What does Esau try to do after 
finding that he was deceived by Jacob. We don't really go read chapter 27, but basically in this story, we see that Jacob again stole the blessing from blessing from Isaac, the father, and Esau realized that he was fully, fully deceived. And now we see chapter 27, verse 41 and 42, we see what So Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. Continued verse 42. And the words of Esau, her older son, were told to Rebekah. So she went, she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, Surely your brother Esau comforts himself concerning you by intending to kill you. I am not sure if it's the right solution, but here we see Esau so mad, so upset that he wants to kill Jacob, his own little brother. And this is happening in the own family like how does Rebecca feel about this like listening to what Esau saw uh, Esau said well we see in verse 43 it says now therefore my son obey my voice arise flee to my brother Laban in Haran so we see here that Jacob had to flee from um, his family and his own hometown and had to flee to Rebecca's brother Laban lives in Haran now we move to the story uh, where Jacob flee to Haran, where Laban lives. And it's interesting because Jacob was a deceiver. Jacob deceived Esau. But now we see another story and we realize that now Jacob, the deceiver, is going to be deceived. So now we come to the chapter 29 and we see love story. We see uh, Jacob falling in love with Rachel here. We read chapter 29 in verse 11 where Jacob encountered with Rachel. Uh, the Bible says, Then Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted up his voice and wept. I was wondering, like, why did he wept? But it's very dramatic, but he loved her so much. We can see that in verse 18 as well. It says, now Jacob loved Rachel. So he said, I will serve you seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter. And I was thinking, seven years? That's so long. I haven't been even Christian for seven years. It must be so long to wait for someone for seven years. But you know what? Verse 20, it says, so Jacob served seven years for Rachel and they seemed only a few days to him because of the love he had for her. It was nothing for Jacob to wait for for seven years. It was just a few days he felt like because he loved her so much. That's amazing. But after serving and working for seven years, what happened? We see the story that after these seven years, Jacob is going to be deceived. Well, on the wedding night, it was not Rachel, actually. It was Leah, the older sister, elder sister, who was in his bed. And we see that Laban actually managed this trick, like, like taking advantage of this confusion of the feast and Jacob's intense emotion and vulnerability. And when this happened, Jacob says this in verse 25. So it came to pass in the morning that, behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, 
What is this you have done to me? Was it not for Rachel that I served you? Why then have you deceived me? So he, someone who deceived Esau and his father Isaac, now he's saying, why then have you deceived me? And interestingly, the word deceived here is the same word where Isaac used to characterize Jacob's behavior toward his family. So now deceivers, beca deceivers became, yeah, being deceived. And I was thinking of this law of retaliation, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. We can see that in Exodus 21, 24. And reminded of the words that whatever we do, whatever we sow, we actually shall reap as well. And Jacob um, deceived someone and it came back to him as well. Well, one thing that I can learn from this lesson is that God is actually like faithful and God is just whatever people have done whatever people hurt or yeah whatever they did actually God made it fair I guess Jacob had to learn this lesson that deception is wrong Jacob had to learn how it it is feel like when he when it's been deceived when he was lied when when these things happen and but another thing that I was thinking actually I'm scared of this because I, I myself am not a perfect person. And thinking of whatever we do, we actually reap, like actually have the consequence. I feel like, wow, that is scary. But we haven't covered this story between, which is the, I think, Monday's study. We didn't read this story in Genesis chapter 28 where um, Jacob sees ladders. When we think about, oh, okay, because we are sinners, do we all need to receive that consequence? That makes me feel really depressed because I know that I am not perfect. I sin. I struggle with the temptation. And do I have to bear all the consequence? When I think of that, I'm very disappointed, depressed. But I want us to point out to this ladder. Genesis chapter 28. I want to read verse 11 to 13. The Bible says, Now Jacob went out from Bethesda and went toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night, because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head, and he lay down in the place to sleep. Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth. And its top reached to heaven, and there the angel of God was ascending and descending on it. Verse 13. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give you, give to you and your descendants. This is just after he deceived his family now he had to run away and this is a situation that he find himself disappointed whenever we sin i don't think it's a good like good feeling to be honest we can be disappointed to ourselves like why did i do that he had to yeah he had to leave his place his family his hometown he real he felt like he had lost his connection with god you know he felt like he lost all of this but what did God do to him? Did 
God punish him with that or what? We know that lava actually represents Jesus Christ. Here we see, you know, the connection, the lava that connects the people, the human or earth and heaven, that is Jesus. And the commentary says something like this. Here is man who had lost all connection with God and the God of heaven looks upon him and consents that Christ shall bridge the gulf which sin has made. We might have looked and said, I long for heaven, but how can I reach it? I see no way. That is what Jacob thought. And so God shows him the vision of the ladder. And that ladder connects earth with heaven, with Jesus Christ. A man can climb it, for the base resets, rests upon the earth and the topmost round reaches into heaven. Are we able to reach heaven by ourselves? Are we able to find hope in ourselves? Seeing ourselves sinning, in self, um, struggling with sin. We are hopeless. We literally have no hope. But here in the darkness, Jacob finds hope in Jesus. Jacob finds this ladder in his dream. This is for us as well. We sometimes feel really bad about ourselves, guilty and yeah, because we are all guilty before God. We are all sinners and we don't have any power to change ourselves, do we? Uh, we can't change ourselves. We can't cleanse our sin. But you know what? I believe that God is greater than any sins or any struggle we have. And of course, we have to confess, we have to humble ourselves and say, Lord, help me. But whenever we do that, God is greater than this. God is not the God of condemnation. God is God who forgives us. And not only for forgives us, but he is the one who cleanses us. Before we end this lesson, I want to read the verse in chapter First uh, John chapter 3 and verse 20. First John chapter 3 verse 20, the Bible says, For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Whenever we uh, condemn ourselves and feeling like, Man, I can't be saved. My sin is so great. But you know what? God is greater than our heart and he knows all things. There's no sins that God cannot forgive if we confess. There's God's grace is greater. God's grace, God's love, his care is way more than we can imagine or think. So if there is anyone who is listening to this podcast and feeling guilty about something, well, Jacob was so. I am I am I am the same. But God is greater than this and please accept his forgiveness because forgiveness is there we need to just simply accept and thank god so hopefully you are blessed with the sabbath school lesson for this time and let's um, close with a word of prayer heavenly father thank you so much lord for giving us the bible and this story like this and thank you lord that there is hope and forgiveness in christ lord father we cannot change ourselves we cannot yeah redeem ourselves but lord when we see jesus we think that we believe and think how can we not be saved lord thank you so much that by the power of um, the by the blood of jesus you are able to forgive us and cleanse us and give us new life 
Lord, we come to you and we recognize our sinfulness and yeah, our shortcoming. But Lord, we choose to trust you. We choose to believe you. And we surrender our life to you. We pray all these things in the most precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen.